Wednesday has rolled around again, and this one calls itself October 21st, 2020. I'm Sean Tubbs, and this is the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast for today. And today's Patreon-fueled shout-out comes from the Local Energy Alliance Program. LEAP wants you to consider a home energy checkup as the first step toward lowering your energy bills. For a $45 consultation, Albemarle and Charlottesville residents can have their homes audited to see what can be done to reduce energy consumption. Sign up today. The Virginia Department of Health has reported another 1,018 cases of COVID-19 today, bringing the seven-day average for new daily cases to 1,023. The seven-day average for positive tests is at 4.9%, up from 4.6% last Wednesday. There were another 30 deaths reported for a total of 3,515 since the first death was recorded on March 16th. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are another 39 cases reported, bringing the seven-day average to 26 a day. Of today's cases, there are 21 cases from Charlottesville, six from Albemarle, two from Green, two from Louisa, two from Fluvanna, and six from Nelson. That's one of the biggest one-day increases for Nelson since the pandemic began. The percent positivity for PCR tests for the entire district is at 2.4% today. The University of Virginia now reports 59 active cases, 40 of whom are students. 5% of quarantine rooms are occupied, as are 4% of isolation rooms. UVA Today has an interview posted with Dr. William Petrie about the global surge in COVID cases and what can be done. Dr. Petrie is the vice chair for research in the Department of Medicine, and in the interview, he describes how he is leading the UVA part of a multi-center phase three study of a cocktail of anti-spike glycoprotein monoclonal antibodies for the prevention of household transmission of COVID-19. Read the interview for more information. The Charlottesville Board of Architectural Review has passed a resolution that makes it easier for businesses in dine in design control districts to expand operations outside. The motion states that the BAR unanimously expresses that outdoor tents and other equipment or conditions be permitted for as long as the governor's state of emergency is in effect. The resolution came a day after council temporarily reduced the cafe rental fees for outdoor eating spaces. Susan Payne with the Downtown Business Association welcomed the change. In a quote, she says, as the weather turns colder, the new change in the city ordinance to allow tents on the downtown mall will allow restaurants to extend the time that they can remain open for outdoor dining. By remaining open, restaurants will continue to add tax revenue to the city and keep staff employed. The Albemarle Economic Development Authority got an update yesterday on the status of efforts to increase internet access in the rural area, an issue that has gained sudden prominence in a time of virtual education. Mike Culp is the Information Technology Director for Albemarle County. The Albemarle Broadband Authority was formed in 2017 by the Board of Supervisors under the state's Wireless Services Authority Act. Um, under that act, that legislation does not allow the Broadband Authority to process payments or tax incentives. However, the Broadband Authority can enter into partnerships, and they're doing so with the Central Virginia Electric Cooperative. They're building fiber to their membership, and we were fortunate to participate in a tax grant incentive agreement with them. Gary Wood is the president of CVIC, which has 3,600 accounts in Albemarle. When we started the project, uh, we were looking at a $110 million investment across parts of 14 counties over a five-year period. 
Um, our original feasibility study indicated that uh, our subsidiary, uh, we have to create a subsidiary to provide internet service in Virginia because electric co-ops aren't allowed to provide internet service by law. So Civic created an entity called Firefly Fiber Broadband, which leases fiber lines that the co-op is installing. Firefly Fiber Broadband then sells to households and businesses. However, the arrangement would not make financial sense without public investment. The original feasibility study indicated that that, uh, our subsidiary would not reach break-even on an annual basis until the seventh year of operation and that it wouldn't pay off those first seven years of losses and actually make the first true dollar of profit until year 11. CIVIC has asked counties for investments in return for increased tax payments that CIVIC will eventually pay on the revenues. They've also assembled funding from other state sources, including telecommunications grants. Together with those various programs, we've ended up uh, with enough uh, funding so that we will be in the black this year with Firefly, which is Really good news, this is our second year of operation. In Albemarle, CVIC is currently working in the southern and eastern ends of the county and is building $11 million worth of fiber. Wood said they are surpassing expectations in the feasibility study. What we've seen is, particularly in the Midway and Cassius Corner area of Albemarle County, we've had over 70% of the homes we pass take service um, from us, which is uh, just an incredible uh, take rate well beyond our expectations. That's double what they had estimated. CIVIC will continue to build out Firefly Fiber along its electric lines, but plans to expand by working with other utility companies. The pandemic has changed commuting habits across the country, and those working to lower greenhouse gas emissions argue this time can help communities achieve reduction goals. The Community Climate Collaborative explored the topic at a lunch and learn as part of their Better Business Challenge. Sarah Pennington of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission runs the Rideshare program, which helps to reduce single occupancy vehicle usage. Rideshare is a local program that focuses on congestion mitigation and reducing greenhouse gases. Um, One of the ways to do that is telework, and we are funded through the localities and through the Department of Rail and Public Transportation. Pennington said one concept is flex scheduling, where people build their workday around their own schedule. Statistics on telework were different before the pandemic. Interesting to know, uh, pre-crisis or pre-pandemic, 80% of the workers that were surveyed through global workplace analytics showed an interest in teleworking. So even before COVID-19, people really wanted to explore the potential to telework. Pennington said research from Global Workplace Analytics has demonstrated that employers in the United States have been able to save billions a day by shifting their workers over to teleworking. The pandemic, it was an emergency change where we all pivoted to figure out what can we do. She added that working at home does present distractions as workers share space with family members. Pennington said she is hopeful more businesses will continue with teleworking even after the emergency is over. She said firms that offer teleworking could help with recruitment and retention and offered tips on how to come up with policies. Madeline Ray is Corporate Sustainability Manager for Apex Clean Energy, and she said that technology helped power that company's transition. Something that we have found that has really helped with uh, teleworking and really making that pivot so quickly was 
um, Teams, Microsoft Teams. It's been a great tool for communication within each team. And then if you have like a quick question for someone, you can just drop in on them with a call or chat. Ray said the company was using the software before the pandemic, but not even close to the capacity that it uses now. The Better Business Challenge Lunch and Learn session will be available soon on the Community Investment Collaborative's YouTube channel. Today in meetings, the Charlottesville Housing Advisory Committee meets at noon, and the Albemarle Board of Supervisors meets at 1. They'll have a joint meeting with the county school board to begin preliminary discussions on next year's budget. They'll also have a work session on proposed guidelines for anti-displacement and a tenant relocation policy. The board adopted a general policy in September, but will now see more specific proposals. Supervisors will hold public hearings as well. They are for a special permit for a vet clinic, a new telecommunications lease at the county's property on Buck's Elbow Mountain, and to take public comment on changes to county code to remove gendered language. And that's it for another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed this program, please send it along to a friend. I am looking for financial contributions, but perhaps more importantly is to expand the audience to more people. So please send it along to somebody you think might benefit from it. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment 